0: Starting Strong, the daily podcast of the Clemson Foothills Church. I am Royce Miller, and this week, we are looking at God's patience as evidence in the books of First and Second Kings. Oftentimes, God can be seen as a ruthless, merciless God in the Old Testament. In actuality, nothing could be further from the truth. God clearly demonstrates his patience with the kings, but also with the Israelites. After taking a brief look at this, I hope we can walk away seeing God in perhaps a new light. He is the author of patience, mercy, kindness, generosity, forgiveness, faith, hope, and most of all, love. I have several scriptures we'll be reviewing today and I'll be discussing each of them. Here we go. The first one that we're going to take a look at is in 1 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. And before I get into it, uh just wanted to let you know that in the time of the kings, Judah had 24 kings in all and Israel had 19 Kings In 1 Kings chapter 2 verse 1 it says As for me, I am going the way of the earth Be strong and be a man As the time approached for David to die He ordered his son Solomon And keep your obligation to the Lord, your God to walk in his ways, and to keep his statutes, commands, ordinances, and decrees. This is written in the law of Moses, so that you will have success in everything you do and wherever you turn, and so that the Lord will fulfill his promise that he made to me. If your sons take care to walk faithfully before me with all your heart and all your soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. David, he, he laid the groundwork. He told Solomon exactly what to do. This is how to make all of this great. This is how to make this work for generations and generations to come. All you have, have to do is simply... simply as this <laughs> all you have to do is simply be faithful to God is is walk faithfully before him uh, with all your heart with all your soul and David says you will never fail well God told David you'll never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel and thus he told Solomon this it was it was pretty clear it was pretty succinct And there were some other things involved as well. Um, According to the law of Moses, uh, with those statutes and those commands and ordinances, you know, the kings weren't supposed to have tons of wives. They weren't supposed to collect all of these, all of this wealth and resources and, and all of this stuff. He wanted it to, God wanted it to be about him. But as we know how, it goes with man and power. It's addicting, and and it it just it does something to the pride of man, and and that's what happened. It really, it happened to David uh, to a degree, but it really happened to Solomon, as you guys know. He had seven hundred wives, three hundred concubines. He built this elaborate. Palace, you know, adding on to what David had already built, uh, and then of course he um, decides to walk away from God and listen to his wives and their gods, you know, because he married all these foreign women who were not Jews. So we move on to First Kings, chapter eleven verse 9 and it says the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord the God of Israel who had appeared to him twice he had commanded him about this so that he would not follow other gods but Solomon did not do what the Lord had commanded then the Lord said to Solomon since you have done this and did not keep my covenant and my statutes which I commanded you I will tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. However, I will not do it during your lifetime for the sake of your father, David. I will tear it out of your son's hand. Yet, I will not tear the entire kingdom away from him. I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant, David, and for the sake of Jerusalem that I chose. So you you look at this here and like I just said, Solomon followed all these other guys. He angered God and God's like, hey, I'm I'm taking this away from you. But look at God's patience. God's like, I'm not going to do it in your lifetime for the sake of your son, David. He says, but I am going to do it in your son's lifetime, you know, so bittersweet there. You know, Solomon's like, phew, he's not going to do this to me. Sorry, son, <laughs> leaving this to you. And you know the story about Rehoboam and how he started this whole thing and, and uh, didn't take advice and went the way of, of, his, of his boys and his, his buddies and, and uh, followed their advice and, and ended up, the kingdom was ripped apart We had two kingdoms uh, uh, after the time of Rehoboam, or during the time of Rehoboam, where Judah was its one country, one kingdom, and then all the other tribes of Israel was another kingdom, and so just a travesty just starts, right, right there, and but it's just the way God had said. But God, again, is, is demonstrating his patience. So we fast forward and we, we jump into First Kings 21, verses 21 through 23 and 25 through 29. It says, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to bring disaster on you and will eradicate your descendants. I will wipe out all of Ahab's males, both slave and free in Israel. I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Bashar, son of Aajah, because you have angered me and have caused Israel to sin. The Lord also speaks to Jezebel. The dogs will eat Jezebel in the plot of the land of Jezreel. Still. There was no one like Ahab who devoted himself to do what was evil in the Lord's sight because his wife Jezebel incited him. He committed the most detestable acts by following idols as the Amorites had, whom the Lord had disposed before the Israelites. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put sackcloth over his body and fasted. He laid down in sackcloth and walked around subdued. Have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me? I will not bring disaster during his lifetime because he has humbled himself before me. I will bring disaster on his house during his son's lifetime. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. So, You, you have to see it once again. God is, is demonstrating his patience. I mean, it says Ahab, he was the worst of the worst kings. He was, he was even worse than his wife Jezebel. But, but because he humbled himself before his God, before God at this point in time, his whole life was just wretched. Wretched. But at the end, he, he hears this prophecy and he's like, "God, okay, I see you, God. I get it. I've been screwing up. I humble myself to you. And, and God blesses him for it. God shows his patience and, and doesn't bring disaster during his lifetime. I, I think this is just amazing, guys. And I think this is something that we really need to to really grasp here of how patient God is with us all the time.